0: Hmm?
1: Ah. Hey everybody, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Sean.
1: And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Castle Rock.
2: (laughs) Today we'll be covering the sixth episode from season two of Castle Rock titled The Mother.
1: The mother. One mother trucker. No, kidding. Um What'd you think about this episode this week, Sean? Uh
2: I liked it. It was uh I kinda like that we didn't have this, you know, two episode wait to kind of see uh Rita making her appearance. Yep. Um I like that they kind of cut to a. it was a semi cold open to, you know, her experience post uh having her child kidnapped from her, which I think if any parent had that happen to him, it wouldn't take much if you fell into kind of an alcohol type thing. So I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't actually think that would be too far out of, Mm -hmm. you know, what you would expect. But, um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, the ending, I'm kind of, I'm kind of waiting to see what next episode does, but, uh, (laughs) for the most part, I liked it.
1: Good, good. I agree. I agree. I thought this was a pretty good one. Um, it wasn't, I, 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 (laughs) It's. They seem to really come out on top with like, a, a, a couple of episodes. So this one wasn't as good, I thought, as last week's. But still, I think, really, really good. Some top-notch acting, um, for sure, that I am thoroughly enjoying. So I'm really excited to talk about our number five, or top five. So with that, I'll start with my number five. And that is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um so we, d- we definitely have some strange things going on. We're getting a little bit more information. Still don't know a whole lot. But um, we find out that Ace is somehow, um, I guess somehow, s- the w- whatever being is is taking him over, w- is a, a f- some French guy named Pere P- Pair? Pair- I'm terrible with names, guys. You know that. So please don't slaughter I me too much it's in French comments. it's probably is Pierre. <laughs> is it Pierre? Augustine. I'm pretty sure I've got that part anyway. Um, but he, he's some sort of evil Frenchman who's taken over Ace's body. Um, so this makes me wonder. So we know that he's been working towards, you know... At first, I thought it was just kind of random. Like... Um, You know, throw them in this coffin with the goo, and they're just rising. But we've come to see more and more um, episodes after Ace has been risen that its he's not quite Ace. He seems to be a little bit more of someone else. And now we're kind of finding out, oh, there's kind of more of a purpose here. They're kind of... You know, he's killing people um, specifically, it seems, for, you know, the folks that are also buried with him in that cavern. And it's like this weird French cult type thing. F- and, you know, and I remember from season one, this goes way back. Season one, the, the pastor, I believe, told a story or somebody told a story in season one about French settlers in Castle Rock. Um, mm, okay, that makes so sense. So I... F- I wonder if the, there's that tie-in there with some of these French settlers who dealt with some, you know, or or dabbled in some black magic or something and and so there's a purpose behind this. Um I'm I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. Um I still feel like uh you know the you know Annie Wilkes is still my primary story that I'm mostly interested in um, but I'm kind of interested to kind of see where this goes so I guess they've been this was like 400 years ago when they were alive they're French they like their wine we know that um, so I'm, I'm curious um, what your thoughts are about this little group as it's unfolding
2: well this kind of goes into my number four with is uh, evil seed people because I feel like they're kind of like <laughs> planting these seeds throughout yeah uh, it definitely gives you a feel of stranger things last episode
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I definitely think that's a little bit of the feels there um it's uh I do enjoy that they they have uh a lot of kind of the the whole like who is and who isn't thoughts so you have uh you know like you're at the doctor's office and you see her talking to somebody and it's like, oh, you have a and o positive here like there's two blood types. Yeah, and the nurse is like, "Well, that's weird," and and you know this girl had just escaped, so you're kind of like, "Well, that, that's weird." Like, is this something with the whole transformation? And then you kind of see her do the side look. You're like, "Oh, like she was actually trying to kill her, it seems, or you know, do something of harm. Like she meant to do that." So it was kind of uh, interesting to see that these have been spread throughout, and we kind of got that a couple episodes ago too, where we saw the preacher when he showed up and he was obviously one of these seed people. Yeah. Um, I, I find this kind of uh, horror to be pretty unsettling too because it's, you know, a lot of times in, in these kind of scary movies or, or scary situations, you know who the bad guy is. Like Michael Myers, you know, it's the dude with the mask. If it's uh, zombies, you know, it's, it's people who look like they're undead. Vampires are kind of, you know, when they're not vampires, you can't tell, but when they're vampires, you can tell. But, Body snatchers, people have had their minds taken over like this. You don't know until it's too late. You yeah. know, you're sitting there and you're like, oh gosh, you know, Cindy, we're safe. And all of a sudden, Cindy's like, oh, we are safe. Whack.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, when, um, Oh, shit. What was Ace's brother's name? I already forgot his name. How terrible is that? When he got whacked by the the preacher, you know, with oh, the yeah. cross uh-huh. right in the neck, you know, he thought he was safe and someone was going to help him. Oh, nope. You know, we're going to slice you right, right in the face. So, yeah, it is unsettling to think that you don't know who to trust. And, you know, um, because they, they seem to be able to act fairly normal, um, because I think that even that nurse who was there with Nadia, I feel like she was... Not right, because you know, like Nadia looks at her and she's like, "Well, we've got this A positive and this O negative. It can't be both. What the hell is it? We need to figure it out before we kill somebody." She and she just looked there and she's like, "Weird," you know. (laughs) It's like I feel like if you're a nurse, a true nurse, you're not just gonna go weird, you know, and just like brush it off. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh, yeah, let's go get that retested. Let's find out what's going on. And you're going to act on it and have a more appropriate response <laughs> versus someone who, who would who would maybe be non-clinical and maybe not understand that having two different blood types drawn is not normal um, and not exactly what, what, what should be happening. So that's kind of interesting as well. You have these, you know, these blood types that are being altered. So, you know, l- interesting things to find out You know, or or to see what's to come as we learn more about this um, and what that means. So, anyway, that's that's my number five.
2: Uh, So, my number five. I don't want to really bury the lead too much with it, but it's definitely. uh, I'm really excited to see what Rita's going to do, and this one I just kind of titled Rita's in Castle Rock. Mm -hmm. So, we saw, you know, it's very much laid out before us that Rita, it seemed, was the mother of joy, and that Annie had kidnapped her. Like that was very much laid out for us, and. We see from the perspective of Rita, in a very short amount of time, you can easily put everything that happened to her. You know, you see her waking up from being stabbed, being able to survive, and then she jumps right into AA. So you can easily kind of see that, you know, for the last 15, 16 years, she has tried to find her daughter that was kidnapped from her after her husband was murdered. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
2: you know, you you kind of think that's probably – cause she's been sober for four years. So there's a 10 year period probably where, you know, she's probably battling, trying not to fall into an addiction. And, you know, after so many years, not being able to find your daughter and thinking every kid you see about that age on the street could be your daughter. And, uh, I think the line that really said it too was, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick so I can do it justice. Uh, but it was the line where she essentially says, you know, um, the hardest part is hoping you'd be a good mother because mm. the alternative would be that you'd be dead, that she'd be dead.
1: and
0: yeah. that you line. Know,
2: oh, and the, the only movie that I can think of, I think I mentioned this last time, was a movie called I Know My First Name is Steven, mm-hmm. which it's the whole situation of you know somebody kidnapping somebody and putting all these ideas and thoughts in your head at such a young age that, you know, no, you're this – and you kind of have to believe it because I mean, you know, if you tell a two year old, hey, these are the stuff that's going on, this is who you really are, they're so young and still developing, they wouldn't understand it. You know, if you do that to like a sixteen, seventeen year old, take it's it's more challenging because they're more developed. But as a kid, like that they're you know, like just like we saw in this episode, she had no clue who her real mom was.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: even when we got to the point where she's like, No, I'm actually your mom, she didn't believe it and I mean could you I don't even want to imagine as a parent how that would feel and we see no. that here.
1: Yeah cuz I don't I'm, think that Joy ever really felt that Annie wasn't her mom. I you oh, know yeah. I I think that she felt yes annie is lying to her uh, you know about their past and maybe who they're really running from and you know that she's getting some half-truths but i don't think she ever imagined at all that that annie wasn't her mother so that had to be a shock i can't even imagine hearing something like that
2: well i think rita did all the right things so she wasn't like no i'm your mom call me mom she like was really easing into it yeah and kind of be like no i i understand this isn't going to be easy and I don't even probably understand what we're going to change in this, but I just want you to know the truth. And I, you know, it seems like she was just happy to be there. It, but, yeah,
1: to know that she's alive, she's healthy, um, or at least as healthy as can be, being raised by someone like Annie Wilkes. Um, but yeah,
2: and, and it's really I find it kind of intriguing in this season too. I, I don't remember this as much in season one, but we really have two very distinct stories going on here you know we mm-hmm. have one that is a very you know mystery uh thriller you know kind of storyline family drama and on the other side we have a very supernatural storyline and how much are these stories going to cross is it just the fact that they're kind of happening in the same place, or is there going to be something from story A that really is kind of what's making story B happen? Mm-hmm. So it'll be kind of cool to see what happens in these next few episodes. And I'm I'm glad that we're not like because a lot of these streaming shows that we're kind of on the fence with Castle Rock hasn't been this way, but a lot of them I think because they they feed off of the binge strategy. Yeah, that they're okay with you know episodes three through eight being very kind of blah, and mm-hmm. then 8, 9, 10 really takes off, or actually more it's like 9 and 10 take off. So I like that you know these last two episodes have a, have a lot of action in it, and not really action, but a lot of stuff happening, like the story's actually moving forward, and I really, right. really like that about this too, and especially now that they've added two storylines too. I think that gives them a lot to play with, but right. kind of a kind of long way around it. But yeah, uh, Rita being here in Castle Rock I think is really helping to push this story forward.
1: I, I agree, and and that goes right in nicely with my number four, so um, was Rita, and specifically um, also Sarah um, Gaydon's performance. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, so I'm sorry for everybody that's out there screaming at me right now. Um, but I think that her performance, in this episode especially, she was really great in the last one, in the flashback episode that we had, but in this episode, she was really top-notch. In the last episode, we got to see her. She was gentle, sympathetic. She was a very kind person, you know, with joy and very understanding with her. Um, But then in this episode, we definitely get to see a different side of her. She's very broken, uh, feels like she's got nothing left to lose. Um, And, of course, she's still angry at this girl who stole her baby Um, and every right to be, of course – and then uh, you said, of course, to me, the best line of the night, the worst part was hoping that you were a good mother that that really cut deep, <clears throat> and I feel was a really strength in this episode with the writing um, they 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 have some really great lines in so many episodes that are just so wonderful, and this one just this cut me because i'm I always try to kind of put myself, <clears throat> excuse me, in that character 's shoes. How would I feel in that moment? So I was trying to kind of you know, put myself in in Rita's shoes in that moment, um, because this is the part where you know Joy has turned her down; she's not going to go with her, um, and so she's you know I, trying to feel those feelings and those emotions and what she was going through, um, and as she's talking to Annie about that, that was um, that kind of took the wind out of me a little bit, um, and it just to see. The pain that she was able to to display, even just in her face and in her eyes when she confronts Annie, Um, I don't know what this character or what this actress has ever went through in her life that she had something deep down in herself that she was able to reach to get herself, you know, to get to that point in her character where she was able to display that pain. Um, But she's really got some darkness in her, and I really liked you know that she was able to um emote that on the screen and on her face it was such a difference from last episode when she's happy and she's joyful and she's you know having a good time with Annie and they're bonding and and then you see her in this episode she's just completely different and and you can see that pain all over her so kudos to her um for that and um the what she was able to bring out when she found out joy wasn't going to come with her and she just ends up going in this murderous rage and of course going after after Annie and confronts her one on one so great great performance by this actress really great scenes um and I <laughs> felt bad she got taken out. But I have a feeling maybe she won't, I have a feeling she'll be coming back. <laughs>
2: yeah, I kind of think so. T- well, either one of two ways. Either they save her or she's going to find her way to that house and, you know, go into the Lazarus pit and make a, make a return.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling she's going to be covered up in some goopity goo. Um,
2: I thought the editing in this was really good too, though, because, you know, in the moment, because I think, you know, you, you saw really like three stages of this character. You see her as a very caring, loving, you know, tutor and mother and, you know, adopted or not adopted mother, I guess more of like a stepmother. Like she, she was really wanting Annie to be part of this family. Even after Annie pulled a knife on her, Although she, I think she was a little bit more cautious after that moment, but,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, she comes back, she's looking for revenge. You can see very, you know, a revenge broken broken-est kind of character. But when she's with Annie out in the woods where she's basically going to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take my revenge here they showed the cuts of her tutoring Annie when she was a kid. And you could see the struggle there, which would be a real struggle. I mean, obviously if you found this person, she's kept your daughter alive for this long and seems like she's pretty healthy and seems like she's stable esque. Um, and then you're here in this place where, okay, I know this person I've been with this person for so long. And what are you going to do? Like, are you really going to pull that trigger? And, we see that she struggled with that, which I think is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um You know, I, again, never want to be put in that situation, but I don't know if I would wait as long as she did. Uh, but
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe not the greatest timing.
2: <clears throat> yeah. But that's very much a drama esque, you know, in place. And again, if, you know, I think we, we watch these shows, we're like, Oh my gosh, I would have pulled the trigger right away. It's like, I, don't yeah. know. I mean, put
1: yourself in that real-life situation and let's see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's a good number four. Uh, my number four was just the uh, evil seed people, so I think we're good to jump on to your number three.
1: Oh, good. Okay. So my number three, it's kind of short and sweet, but I feel like it's important to point out because I feel like it was placed here for a reason, and that is um, this conversation between Heather the bartender and her boyfriend, um, seemed a little forced when they when she's talking about Paxil and Zoloft. But I think that we are all under the understanding that it was there and this conversation was there for us to see so we could establish that drugs that affect the mind can cause an interruption in the weaving process. So we find out this process that when they're killing people, plopping them in these coffins covered in goo, um, and then they're resurrected as these um, other People, these French cultists, I'm going to refer to them, um it's called the weaving um so Heather which is an
2: awesome name for that,
1: isn't it? Yeah, I
2: really like that
1: yeah, it's very creepy, very something just something you would expect to hear in a horror movie, this weird practice that they're doing. It's called the weaving, so yeah, that's that's good, maybe a weaving of bodies, weaving of souls. Mm-hmm. Oof. Basket weaving. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to carry the maybe goo it's complete, from.
1: Yeah, maybe it's completely <laughs> harmless. Maybe they're just, they want to, you know, maybe they, yeah, like yeah. weave baskets. Craft day
2: Saturday. Everybody loves that.
1: Why not? Um, Why? Yeah, why not?
2: Wine and basket weaving.
1: <laughs> Wine and the basket French, weaving.
2: <laughs> the French tradition.
1: Why not? So. We find out Heather, uh, when she was admitted to the hospital, when not, when she uh, kind of runs into Nadia's cars and say, when well, Nadia found her, but I guess kind of the opposite way, when Heather kind of throws up all over her car um, with that goop, um, finds out that a year ago she was in the hospital for a suicide attempt and she was on antidepressants. Um, and then, of course, when she tells her boyfriend... Um, about that and so we don't know a whole lot of background about what that's about but she seems to think that she needs it in order to stay you know sane in a place Castle Rock and I thought you know that's probably not so far from the truth Um, you know when you look at like things that happened in last season and things that happened on this season um, I'm sure lots of people are probably on antidepressants in that town or at least they probably should be Um, but we find out that I guess it confuses them when they're to be resurrected I guess it, 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 it makes the process us incomplete, um, which is what happened with it with this heather um, so it I don't know everything I don't know that I understand everything that happens in this transition. We know that the blood type was somehow being altered, so it's it's almost like this weird thing, almost like a DNA kind of change, but it's not um, they can speak French when they didn't really seem to speak French before, and they've seemed to have taken on all these characteristics of the person whose coffin that they're in. Um, so I don't know. I just, I hope that I'm kind of interested and just intrigued by, by this and, and what this process is. And, um, the blood type thing got me cause I thought, well, wait a minute. It's one thing for like someone's like, you know, to be possessed and someone's like spirit or something to inhabit uh, uh, someone's body and kind of take over their mind, but for it to like alter the blood that that really threw me. So so I don't know. But I feel like that that conversation anyway had to be established because we know Annie is on mind-altering drugs. You know, she's on- yeah, that's true, yeah. It's not antidepressants, but we know she's on lithium and oh, hell, I didn't write them down. But we know the three drugs that she's on, um, two of them are antipsychotics and one of them I think is um, mood-altering or something or other. So I feel like that that, Conversation was established because we know Ace has taken a particular interest in Annie. She's a woman of particular spirit, isn't that what he called her? She's mm-hmm. been singled out um, apparently for her clever skills with an ice cream scoop. Um, and he wants to. He selected her for his. I'm guessing his love interest was it. Amity was her name. Is that right? Shit. i got to really start writing this stuff down. I think I'm like, oh, you're going to remember that when you talk <laughs> about it later. And guess what, Rima? You don't. So note to self, take better notes. Um, but anyway, he's selected her for this. And I'm thinking, oh, it's not going to work like you think it's going to. But is she going to have to die? For to—I mean—are we going to see Annie die? I don't want that to happen. I'm kind of freaking out a little bit about that. I don't want her to die um, and able, you know, to have to go through this weaving process. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of interested in that, but I just feel like I have to call that out because I feel like this was very purposely put there um, for something to come in the future. Since we know that he's after Annie. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Any thoughts?
2: Uh, I kind of thought you were going to lean towards the the question or the comment that the guy made as they're walking up where he said we should get married. And she's like, well, you don't have any money. He says, well, I will when Shawshank reopens.
1: Yeah, a little call out to Shawshank. Yeah,
2: Yeah. so it seems like that was a little bit of a callback back to season one, which I'm pretty excited about. Because, again, I am a continuity, interconnected kind of fanboy. So when I see how things might be connecting back to other things, it gets me excited. Like uh, American Horror Story, I haven't watched all of it, but I've heard it does some of that stuff too, which makes me want to watch it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got to catch but, up on this last one, but yeah, you're right. There are some callbacks. I love that. I love little callbacks like oh, that. Oh, yeah,
2: me too. Yeah. Um, I didn't make the connection that Annie's on some uh, mind-altering prescription as well, so I think that's a pretty interesting topic or thought, you know, is, is maybe – You know, she doesn't have to be killed because maybe there's some like extra step that the the person that they need for this other thing can't be dead when they do this transformation, this weaving. Mm -hmm. So maybe if they weave a alive Annie, it won't work. Uh, I I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I like that idea.
1: Yeah, I like the Shawshank thing, but that's not what stood out to me. I I like that too. There's always fun little callbacks. um, I, I love that. Did you watch Doctor Sleep? Yet.
2: I haven't, no. Is it good?
1: <sighs> I I really liked it, yeah. So if you're a fan of The Shining or just Stephen King in general, um, I think that movie will please you. It's really well done. And, of course, it's done by Mike Flanagan, um, who, of course, did Haunting of Hill House. And he did the remake of Gerald's Game on Netflix. So, um, He's fast becoming one of my favorite storytellers and uh, filmmakers. So you definitely see a lot of his style in that. So definitely, um, I would recommend if you're a fan of that, definitely um, take an opportunity to go see Doctor Sleep. However, set aside time to do it. It's like three hours. I saw it
2: was like three fifteen, three. Is it tie into the Jack Nicholson Shining or from the book?
1: Um. Or is
2: it its own thing?
1: It's. Well, I hate to say anything because I feel like it might be spoilery. It definitely does give you tie-ins to the movie, but I feel like because you know that Stephen King was not really satisfied with the Stanley Kubrick movie. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty vocal that he wasn't really pleased with um, the things that Stanley Kubrick decided to do and change from the book. So we, I, I know that Stephen King um, was like an executive producer and he, I'm sure, collaborated with Mike flanagan uh on this film so i think that there are some things that tied into the movie but i also think that stephen king had some things and some say um in how some things went because of how he wanted it to end because stanley kubrick didn't quite do the things he wanted to do so i think that he paid homage to the the classic the original um Kept Stephen King in the loop and kind of was like had a little bit of stuff for him, but he also made it his own. There's definitely some good Mike Flanagan, you know, um, cinematography, visualization um, and some just beautiful, magical things that he can do. So I I really loved it, but set aside time because it was long. I didn't realize it was three hours when I went. I thought it was like two, and I was like, holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) But anyway, for everyone, if you guys haven't seen it yet, definitely go see Dr. Sleep. It was really good. So I was just thinking about that because you were talking about the tie-ins to to season one of Castle Rock, and I was thinking I can't get Dr. Sleep out of my head. Um, It wasn't like super, super scary for me, um, but it was definitely intense and psychologically thrilling, um, and visually stunning, and some wonderful acting um, by many, and of course, Ian McGregor is just um, wonderful. Oh um, yeah! But just That's
2: a dude that, like, with a beard, he looks like a hundred percent different. Like <sighs> I know. he just with his facial hair makes himself look like fifty other different people.
1: I know he's, he's amazing. I'm a huge fan of Ian McGregor and have been for a really long time and will continue to be, um, for a long time. So it's really well done. And it was just, you were just talking about the tie-ins and it just immediately, because it's so fresh in my mind, um, with Dr. Sleep, the tie-ins from the, you know, the, the first one and then going into the sequel and kind of being its own story, but tying into the original, um, made me think of that. So definitely I recommend going and watching it, but yeah. I think we're going to get more tie-ins too. I hope a couple more episodes in this season, um, get some tie-ins to season one as well.
2: So my number three, it's, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I think it deserves being called out as the Stockholm syndrome that we have with Joy. Yeah. So you know, we already see that she's having some issues with Annie and I think she's already kind of in the loop that something isn't right and then when you have this woman show up and the part where she's at, well, the other thing I have a question about is like in these youth homes, do they just let anybody come in and talk to the kids? <laughs> Thanks. For, <laughs> Cause like when Sorry, I'm
1: laughing, because I'm glad I'm not the other one thinking that
2: because <laughs> Annie shows up, and she's like, Oh, well she's talking to her mom. And I'm like, did anybody ask for any identification or like, shouldn't there be somebody in the room? Uh, but besides that, you know, it, you know, Joy has this conversation with uh, uh, Rita and the the part that really stuck out is like, oh, my gosh, like she's kind of semi brainwashed. I don't know if you would call it that. But, you know, Rita's talking to her about, you know, or Annie's asking like, well, are you going to send my mom to jail? And Rita's like, well, your sister. And she's like, no, my mother.
1: Right. Don't call her that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And as, you know, if that was like your kid saying that to you, like, oh, like, like I know I wasn't there, but it wasn't my fault. And I'm trying to fix it, but I can't fix it. And it really had that Stockholm syndrome kind of feel to me where, you know, your captive ends up becoming kind of like your caregiver to an extent. You kind mm-hmm. of start falling into that kind of, uh, repertoire. Uh, so I thought it was worth calling out. I'm not really sure where it's going to go. Uh, you know, the the end of this episode is very much in my, my next few, but, uh, I'm curious, what do you think about that thing? Kind of that Stockholm syndrome we see from this episode?
1: I don't know. I was going to ask you the same question that actually, um, ties into my number one a little bit, which I have more to say about that, but just that little piece about it. Um, because, Rita came in and she, I thought, did a wonderful job. You mentioned it a little bit ago about how she come in and she's like, you know, you can be whoever you want to be, you know, um, and and I just want to be with you. I, I'm not going after Annie. Um, I thought she came in very soft and kind of left it open. Like, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I want to come back tomorrow and I want to come back again, again, the next day and the next day. And we're going to figure it out together. And I thought. I don't know that that could have been handled any more appropriately. Maybe so. Maybe I'm just inexperienced and don't know or not thinking about it enough, but I thought she did a wonderful job. She was she didn't pressure her. She didn't say you have to come with me right now and that's all there is to it and tear her away. You know, she you know was just like the door's open and I want to have this conversation and we're just going to figure it out. But we see that instead of joy going with either not and not just going away with her cuz i don't know that she was like you have to leave with me today but you know instead of you know she i i guess was going to go with um with Chance you know to uh North, was it North Carolina um and then in the end ends up siding with her mother with Annie um the mo- only mother that she's known so i i found that very interesting and i'm trying to figure out exactly because she she left very angry When her and Annie were talking in the woods, you know, she was just like, I'm just done with both of you. And she's going to just go off with with chance um, and doesn't want to have anything to do with either one of them. Um, But then in the end, she ends up saving Annie um, and, you know, not really double crossing Rita, but just, you know, she drugs her to save Annie so I don't know. I'm just sitting here talking out, out of my brain. And I'm just really, I don't know what to expect next. And I don't know. I've never <sighs> clearly been in that kind of situation, but that's all she's ever known is Annie. And I mean, Annie is uh, full of flaws. She's not perfect. Um, you know, she hasn't given joy an opportunity to like settle down, make a home, have little friends go to school and have a normal life. They've had to live on the road and you know, she's cared for her as far as a doctor. She's even cleaned her teeth like a dentist. She's kept her pretty sheltered. All of that's not really good stuff, but Annie thought she was doing a good job. She has loved her. Um, and she's tried to stay on the path of good for uh, Joy's sake because she loved her and cared about her. So... um I think I guess maybe that's what joy recognized and thought, you know, yeah, this is this is you know where I want to be. So that's the only way I can make sense of it at least this time. I guess I have to see what happens next.
2: Yeah, it's it's I'm curious uh you know again, I think this is a really intriguing. It's kind of like the uh the Haunting of Hill House where there was a scary Aspect of it, but it was a family drama. And to an extent, with this, you're kind of getting that as well.
1: Absolutely. That's what I was thinking of when you mentioned it earlier that, you know, there's so much of the family um, uh, dynamic that you get in this. You know, there's some. Scary things. There's some supernatural things happening. But, you know, it's kind of like a side thing compared to, you know, what I'm finding really interesting. And that's the the relationship between Rita and Joy and Annie. You know, we saw the flashback and you saw how Annie grew up. All of that was way more interesting to me than the rest of the stuff going on. To me, that's kind of a side thing happening. And that's kind of like what it was in Haunting of Hill House. Scared the shit out of me. Like every episode, I was jumping and screaming because there was some kind of big scare and all the hidden ghosts. But what really got me was the family stuff. That show had me in tears probably more than any other show I've ever watched. Man, that that show was a cathartic experience. If you ever need to cry, you know how sometimes you're just like, I just need to cry, but you can't <laughs> cry, go watch Haunting of Hill House and you're There's going a few to get that. That'll get you. <laughs> yeah, you'll have that good cleansing cry for sure if you just need to get it out. Um, and and That's where this show is for me, too. When you you said that earlier, I was like, that's where my mind took me, was Haunting of Hill House. Had that really good supernatural, scary stuff, but that was kind of like a side thing um, compared to the family drama that was happening. And that's the same for me in Castle Rock right now.
2: But, yeah, my number three is just the Stockholm Syndrome.
1: I like it. Really good, Sean. Really good thoughts. Well, my number two, uh, we talked a little bit about it, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about the scene between Annie and Joy um, in the woods. Um, When Annie is coming clean with her and she's just telling her the truth, um, you know, Joy's like, you know, so you killed our dad and you're not my mom. And Annie is just like stripped bare and she's just, you know, yep, yep. That's, that's what happened. And I was really surprised to see that she didn't um, try to explain the situation with her dad that, you know, yeah, I killed him, but it was an accident. I, I thought she was going to say it was an accident because I thought it was. I mean, I know that she pushed him, but I really don't think that she meant for him to to die
2: no yeah you it, know. it definitely seemed like an accident
1: yeah and i certainly don't think that she intended for him to be impaled um on that post like he wasn't for him to die you could clearly see how upset she was and she tried to save him um i mean if you're out to murder someone you, you're not going to try to save them so uh, you know it, it surprised me that she didn't say you know yes i did murder my dad but it was an accident she was just like you know yep murdered my dad. Um in a
2: court of law it's manslaughter.
1: Right. Right. Um or our dad, I guess not just her dad, but our dad. And so they're they're kind of getting all of that out. Joy's finally getting the information that she's been craving. Um and I love when Annie just is – she's so vulnerable in this moment. And she looks at Joy and she says, I'm not normal, Joy. There's a whole lot wrong Mm. with me and very little right. But the thing that keeps me on the right side of the double yellow line is knowing how to love one thing. Ugh, such great writing, this episode. So many great lines. It just astounds me when I hear them sometimes in these episodes that we've had since um, the start of the season um, that really stick with me. And this was one. This was so great. And I feel like it really goes along with the theme that we see in this season of dealing with a family member that has, like, a mental health disorder. Um, and there's probably a lot of folks wishing they could hear this exact thing. Um you know, from from that family member. And I, I think that they've done a a, a pretty good representation of, of what that's kind of like. Um, and I felt so much sympathy for for Annie in this moment. And it's it's so crazy to think that, especially when you think of her like in, in misery and how she is Um and then to see her here, and I understand that you know this is Annie Wilkes from Misery, but also a little bit of a twist to her that we don't get, you know, get to see because um, we didn't get to see that side of her. I feel like she, you could see if you a few, little bit of sympathetic moments from her in Misery because um, she kind of go back and forth a little bit, and that's what made her such a great villain. Um, but here, it's just it's even more so. And I have so much sympathy towards her. And I think that's, what's brilliant is that, you know, the bad things that she's done, but I can feel really bad for her at the same time. So I really loved that whole scene. Um, But then when I thought it was, because especially seeing how joy comes back to her mom, Annie in the end, because she finds out, you know, cause she's like, she tells joy, you saved me you know, I wasn't just going to stop with my dad and with Rita, you know, she was going to take herself out too. And then of course that leads a logical question from joy. Well, what were you going to do with me? And it's like, Oh yeah, we know she was going to drown her ass in the river right along with her. And I can't imagine what that must've been like hearing to joy. Like you were going to kill me. Um, so, and, and, Annie knows what that's like because her mom tried to do that to her, you know, when her mom locks her in the car and then, you know, jumps or, you know, jumps her car um, into the lake, you know, when she tried to kill her. Um, So I can't imagine what that was like for Joy. And so I thought really that that was it. But of course, we see at the end, that's not quite true. But I just I love that scene such amazing acting um lizzie kaplan and i forget this young girl's name every time the actress that plays joy is is just wonderful in all of their scenes together and i thought it was brilliant so did you what did you have um thoughts about that scene
2: uh i think it's i mean when that when that happened because you kind of see it was really well acted because you see the realization on her face as it's happening Mm
0: -hmm. it's
2: kind of like you know you're the only save thing that saved me i was like you were just saying i'm not wasn't gonna stop it just you know rita and it's like but i was a baby what were you gonna do were you gonna drop me off somewhere like a fire and then it's just like nope you were gonna kill me then kill yourself so i was a laugh away from not being here yeah And I think she acted probably in the way you would is just with almost anger. And it all kind of ties back into, you know, like that's something I hope you don't forget because I think that would be hard to be like, oh, well, that was in the past. Let's move on. It's like, no, like I know she's got some issues and she mentioned that too. And the only thing that kept her right was uh, joy. But I feel like the guilt and everything is going to keep joy there with her. Because of that motherly love that she has for her mom. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely not healthy for joy.
1: (sighs) Family dysfunction at its best. Uh,
2: (laughs) I mean, it's a story I think a lot of people can relate to.
1: That's for sure. Well, it's all she knows, really. I mean, it's kind of like you said, if, you know, it's all she knows is Annie. Um, And like I said, Annie is not without her faults, but she really has. I don't think you can argue that she really does love joy and tried to do what she thought. Anyway, it was the best thing to do. Um, I mean, And, you know, we see a good demonstration of that. That goes into my, um, my number one as well. But um, let's first talk about your, your number two. Uh, my number
2: two, we kind of talked about a little bit. I guess it's, I think we kind of answered it is, is Annie the chosen one? And it oh. seems like that, I mean, there's multiple people they've talked about, or I guess they haven't come out and said it, but like, you know, are there multiple people? Is it Annie? Is it actually Joy? Uh, is it this Rita who just showed up? Um, so I, I kind of, I'm leaning towards it's Annie. It seems like that's the the writing on the walls. It's Annie, but that does seem a little bit too obvious. <sighs>
1: I don't know. I feel like they just are always going to keep us on our toes and there could be twists and turns everywhere we go. So keep watching. Is there, I didn't even look, are there supposed to be 10 episodes this season? Yeah, there's
2: 10 episodes. Okay.
1: So we still have a little bit to go. Oh gosh. I'm actually excited to watch um, the next episode after we get in recording.
2: Oh, me too. Don't look at IMDb because it'll spoil you on something.
1: Shut up. So oh, did you get spoiled?
2: Yeah, I was because I always pull up IMDb to make sure I don't screw up names even yeah. though I still screw up names. <laughs> and something showed up there that kind of spoiled a little something for me. So don't look at IMDb.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, somebody said something. One of our listeners messaged and said that they were a little bit ahead of us um, and they were not writing in. Um, I think it was Josh Mull um, said, you know, I haven't been writing in because I'm ahead of you guys and I'm afraid that if whatever i say in my feedback it's going to be spoilery Mm. um you know that i might let something out inadvertently of course and so i I admire that josh so thank you um but he was like be really careful because like the next one's a big one so watch out for spoilers i'm like oh yeah it's 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 tough because anytime i'm you know looking up news trying to find maybe something newsworthy even the easter eggs i have to be so very careful um especially since we're like an episode behind so, yeah, thanks, guys, for um, protecting me from the spoilers. I appreciate that because <laughs> I don't like spoilers. I've been spoiled. It's no fun. I'm sorry that that happened. I hope maybe somehow it wasn't so big that maybe you'll forget. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, that's a good one. I like that number two. All right, so down to number one. Well, my number one's titled Once Upon Another Time. So that song plays um, – when joy comes home and when rita is walking annie out into the woods i thought that that whole song was beautiful i thought that the sequence was beautiful when joy comes home sees that annie's not there something's happened the back door's open and then you cut to rita uh walking behind annie with the gun um they'd had their confrontation there in the cabin um and we know what's going to happen right we know that Rita's taking her out into the woods. I just don't think it's a good idea. People, why are we walking in the woods in Castle Rock? I feel like nothing good happens in the woods in Castle Rock. Um, Mm. So that's just, let's just not do that. Um, But I thought it was a really beautiful sequence all throughout. And playing with the song... um, just kind of layered onto the feelings of what was happening in that moment. I really like also they, they kind of played with time a little bit there. They start showing the flashbacks of when Annie was young and Rita and her were friends and she's tutoring her. You can see them laughing together and then you see them cut back to, you know, Annie um Rita holding the gun to Annie, you see how she's just completely broken. Um, and she's, just in complete despair because she feels that she's, you know, lost everything. Um, this one chance that she had to get her daughter back. Um, and, and Annie has taken her, you know, taken it away from her once again. Um, so I thought all of that was just beautiful. I, you know, that's just that song and just seeing how, where they were and where they are today, just really, woke something up in me and I know I was tearing up and had some emotions um and then when of course Rita is just about to pull that trigger um here comes uh joy and she has the injection because we saw that before when Annie was um off her meds um and and was starting to hallucinate some things or what she thought was hallucinations, but I was actually, she was on the nose um, and, and she had injected uh, Annie with this. She then did that to Rita um, and then Rita drops the gun and shoots herself. Um, and I thought, wow. So Joy decided not to go with Rita Decide and saves Annie, prevents Rita from shooting her. And then Joy is has now inadvertently killed her mother, like Annie killed their father. So, uh, you know, it's just all of these tie ins, you know, that are kind of happening and kind of repeating themselves. That this is kind of put. Um, Annie and Joy in the same boat. Annie accidentally killed her father. She didn't mean to. She pushed him, Mm. of course. She's pushing him downstairs, so that's never a good thing. You're probably going to hurt someone if you push them down some stairs. Um, But she accidentally killed her father. Well, she was trying to save Annie. Also, you know, stop her. I think she meant to kill Rita. Just stop her from shooting Annie. And ends up, due to that act, made her get shot. Um, And then, of course, the end when the cops come um, and Annie is screaming, I did it. I did it to protect Joy, um, which I thought, you know, if there's any doubt about Annie's feelings um, about Joy, you can see how far she's willing to go to protect her. Um, but I don't think they're real cops or they might be real cops, but they're. Um,
2: yeah, I think they're. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same boat
1: yeah are you thinking the same thing that they're they're from cuz it just seems a little too convenient right that that quickly they show up Um, somewhere out in the woods, they hear some random gunshot and are able to zero in on their exact location. Um, that quickly, I feel like ACE has probably had, so we know he turned that one cop that Greg, Greg Gerdman guy or whatever um, his name is. He's probably turned a couple others. I feel like he's probably had some people watching Annie this entire time, just keeping an eye on her. Um, so he knows where she's at because he's clearly has plans for her in the next four days. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, so he's probably, I feel like keeping an eye on her and it's probably those cops I feel are his, his French cult, um, henchmen, uh, keeping an eye on them. And I have a feeling, um, you know, Annie will be just fine except for when she ends up in a coffin covered in goo. Rita probably (laughs) too. I've no idea what's going to happen with joy, but I feel like they're not going to be real cops. So she's not going to jail. So are you thinking the same?
2: I was waiting to see the cop that we know that has been turned kind of walk down. Uh, yeah. And maybe it is. We didn't really get a clear view. But, yeah, my number one is, too, is, is just I did it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, her taking the blame for it. It's kind of interesting to think, like, uh, Annie accidentally killed her father and Joy, in a sense, accidentally, potentially accidentally killed her mother. Yeah. Uh, I do think that – I know that it's possible, but I was thinking about this as it happened. I think a revolver like that falling on ground that's kind of more dirt, like not a hard surface, Mm -hmm. I think it firing on its own is a little bit –
1: I think it was a bit of a stretch.
2: Yeah. um, Again, I think it can happen. I mean obviously if you drop a gun, it's not the best thing in the world, but I think it would take kind of – you know, a lot of aligning of stars for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and even when it fell, I would—I was actually thinking it was going to hit joy.
1: Yeah, I thought too, too. Yeah.
2: Which, uh, you know, again, there could be some really good stuff tied in that for these X4 episodes, but could you imagine the guilt from that?
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: if you had that happen, not only would you have Annie super upset about it, but now you've got her real mother, Rita, having to deal with that. Like, the revenge that she took was what caused her child to get shot.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but... I also kind of had some interesting – like I was almost thinking that this would be the last episode that we were going to see Annie in for some reason. Like when she was leaving, I thought like that was going to be her – because she said something like, you know, you need to go far away. And I wrote down Colorado.
1: Oh, no. So, like, <laughs>
2: that would have been – that's like the, her story of why she lives in Colorado so isolated yeah. is because she just had to get away from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought like, okay, we've had the theory thrown around that maybe – Joy is the Annie we know from the movie. Yeah. So you know, I thought maybe that something was going to happen to Annie that Joy would then move somewhere like Colorado. But, uh, but yeah, I was kind of the same boat. Lots of questions. Three episodes left. Um, I'm really, <laughs> really ready for it.
1: Me. Sorry. Too. Four episodes left. <clears throat> oh yes, I guess we need to count them out. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's great. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's. That would be interesting. Um, All good. So I think that wraps up our number, our top five really well. Um, Notes. I only had a couple of notes. I didn't have any Easter eggs this this round because I didn't really see a whole lot. There were mostly um, just a few callbacks um and so maybe i'll add those into the next one i don't know i didn't really see any that were that interesting but i'll go back and look um but i do so just talking about a few things that are a little bit of a stretch um can you do a reverse lookup on a burner phone
2: <laughs> yeah that was kind of an odd <laughs> one too I and i don't know about you but anytime i've got weird numbers and i look it up it doesn't give me like the exact city it's like you no. know
1: Oh, it's a cell phone.
2: Yeah, cell phone. (laughs) Massachusetts or Missouri or Florida or Hawaii or maybe even Alaska. We're not really sure. Have you thought about Mexico? It could be Mexico,
1: right? I feel like my iPhone gives me a better indication of where where the cell or where the cell might be located, or at least the state. It'll say, "Oh, New York" or "Florida" or something. but if I happen to just be like, well, what the hell is that number? And I'll do a reverse look up on it. And I get jack shit,
0: mm-hmm. much
1: less, you know, a full on name, address of of that person. Uh, so I thought, okay, whatever. Um, I'll let it go. It's fine. I, I This one didn't... Sometimes I get really hung up on details. Uh, this one was kind of like, what? I'm like, okay, I'll just let it go. Because maybe the reason why we got the information that we did was just a, a cool little tie-in that we did see, um, and that was Chance's name, is Georgia LaChance. It's not just Chance, which mm, had mm-hmm. the tie-in to Gordy LaChance's name from Stand By Me. Because um, we're like, oh, well, his last name was LaChance. Her name's Chance. That's their little you know, tie-in to that story to, for funsies her last name really is Lachance. It's Georgia Lachance. So you're like, Oh shit. Could she really be like some type of relative of, of Gordy Lachance? Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Maybe that was the whole point of, you know, them looking that up was to kind of throw us that little bone. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I thought, I don't think you can do a, a reverse look up on a burner phone. Um, and then just interesting, when we're at Nadia's house, we didn't really talk a lot about Nadia um, much. There wasn't a whole lot happening except she was drinking the wine um, that that she was given. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to her. But at her house, mm. wasn't that some quick fix repairs from a Molotov yeah, cocktail?
2: I, I was kind of looking for some burn marks somewhere. But yeah, there wasn't – it didn't seem like – maybe they didn't go to that room. But yeah, I was – you know the camera crew came in she's like no no we can't go in the foyer because there's a lot of work being done right now let's let's shoot this in the kitchen
1: right it's like that was some really fast home repairs is all i'm going to say um cuz i know it didn't burn the entire house down but i feel like it caught root pretty well in the room when it was thrown through that one window in that room you know that the floor the drapes um clearly probably some like wall damage um anyway quick quick repairs with the molotov cocktail um but anyway, um, those are all the notes that I have for this week. Do you have anything?
2: Yeah, I think we touched on pretty much all mine. So a uh, good episode. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, it's really kicking in the gear. Castle Rock does a good job of that. I think like the first couple episodes are like, all right, let's get this going. And then, poof, they're off the races.
1: They certainly are. <clears throat> well, that's Awesome. Um, good talk. Um, And with that, it leads us to one of our favorite parts of the podcast, and that is letters from The Laughing Place, our listener feedback portion. First one that we have today is from our good friend, Lindsay Schlicht. She says, so it's not so much as ace and these people come back, more just that they are bodies for something or someone. Uh, Up until last episode, I was able to separate this Annie from Misery's Annie and felt kind of bad for her. Last episode changed that a bit. This episode, seeing exactly what her actions have done to Rita and Joy, really removed any remaining feelings of sympathy for her. And then that scene with Annie and Joy, I was right back to feeling bad for her again. Such amazing writing to have me all over the place with this character. I agree, Lindsay. I'm there with you. She goes on to say, That ending, though, that was beyond tragic poor rita and poor joy but also despite all her crazy shit it also shows that annie really does love joy and is a mother to her willing to make the sacrifice adding in one of my most favorite sarah Bareilles songs to that scene made it all the more impactful because of the movie we know annie somehow gets out of this and that joy is not with her so i can't wait to see where the tv show ends up oh good thoughts
2: like it yeah so now our next thing we have is an email so it says hey guys so i got behind on most of my favorite shows lately but i'm caught up now and jiminy christmas this is an outstanding television i was on board as soon as i saw tim robbins was on the show and am now blown away by lizzie kaplan i love the first season but i think this one is even better jenny
1: thanks jenny yeah tim robbins is so yeah. freaking great and lizzie kaplan jeez I loved her before. I really did. I mean, Mean Girls, um, the other uh, show that she had on Showtime was amazing. Um, But yeah, she's... She's definitely gonna make this her role. And I, I I think I retweeted it on our Twitter, but even Kathy Bates, I think it was earlier this week oh, or over that. the weekend, yeah. was giving high praise. So Kathy Bates herself has spoken out about what an amazing job Lizzie Kaplan is doing um, in her role as Annie Wilkes. And I thought, well, you can't get any higher praise than Kathy Bates, who originated you know, the the amazing character of Annie Wilkes on screen. If she's given you kudos, um, you can't get any better. And I think even Tim Robbins chimed in on that too. And was like, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I thought, holy shit, you got Kathy Bates and Oscar, uh, you know, award winner, Tim Robbins, who's absolutely amazing. Um, given high praise of Lizzie Kaplan, if I were her, I would be like, I can't even leave my trailer right now. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. So anyway, that's amazing. Um, Great email, guys. Thank you. And thanks for that feedback, Lindsay. We also have um, a voicemail this week from our good friend, Steve Brown.
3: Hi, Sean and Rima. It's Steve. Uh, and this is for Castle Rock Season 2, Episode 6, The Mother. Um, that beginning with Ace and Annie, we didn't get a lot. You know, they they teased that at the end of the last episode. We didn't get a whole lot of it, except I guess he brought her home. Um, that was but we just you know we thought that was going to be a big deal scene it ended up or at least I thought it was going to be a big deal scene it ended up not being that uh, what kind of creatures do you think these are because they don't seem exactly like vampires but they I know that's what Salem's Lot the book was about maybe this is something different I don't know and uh, is that Amity Lambert Lambert is that a, a Stephen King Easter egg and also um Chris, uh, or the the priest mentioned the weaving. I don't know if that's a, a, another Stephen King reference there to something in one of his books, maybe. I uh, absolutely loved uh, Lizzie Kaplan uh, in this playing Annie and, and her confession to joy when she says uh, that uh, she says I'm a, there's a whole lot wrong and not much right, and then gives her, her confession to to joy, and uh, of course that that cliffhanger ending uh, with them there on the, in the mud and then on the, the dirt hill. Um, I had to laugh uh, every time when the, uh, when the DFS guy comes to the house, because uh, it just seems like every TV show uh, today or movies got to have a Steve in it somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to hear you guys uh, this week and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you later. Uh oh, thanks, Steve. yeah,
2: thanks, have a good Steve. Thanksgiving as well. Yeah, I thanks. think that was a good call with the uh the um the guy who came to the door because it felt very much like, "Hey, this is a buddy who I'm getting on. you know the show is just kind of a walk on roll role because it was very much like, "Hey, I'm here to see about your house. Oh, you're sick, okay, I'll be back. When is the best <laughs> time tomorrow, okay, I will be back tomorrow. Bye. Right.
1: I know. I don't think he was buying her whole I'm sick line. That's yeah. for sure. Because he's like, uh, well, when do you think you won't be uh, contagious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I don't know. Um, I didn't see any Easter eggs about this being um, anything about the weaving being um, in Stephen King Easter eggs. Like I said, I, I glanced over and there weren't really a whole lot for this week. There were more just kind of like little callbacks, like the number 19 um, in Amity's uh, Lampage. La- I won't say Lambert because the French. I'm guessing it is like Steve said Lambert um, on her confidence said 1619 mm-hmm. uh, was the date. So the number 19 against uh, again gets thrown out, which is always kind of big in the Stephen King universe. So there wasn't a whole lot, just a few little callbacks like that, but I'll double check to be sure. I don't know about these cultist French guys. Um, I know that Jerusalem's lot. Like, yes. Had more ties to vampires and I guess if you think about it they're not quite going so far as like oh we have things. i'm going to drink your blood and convert you to a vampire this is kind of almost like a sort of vampirism though isn't it because they're they're killing the person and they're putting them in a coffin and they are then resurrecting as something other than what they were before um this weaving process. So, um, it's a a twist because it's almost like a body snatcher situation, but it is kind of like what vampires do. I guess it depends on what part of, and I'm talking about it like it's real because vampirism, we know there are real vampires. Um, I'm a vampire nut. I've been obsessed with vampires since <laughs> I was a kid. Oh, so yeah, same boat. I'll say I've, i say I have I've read all the books, I've seen all the movies, and been obsessed since I was a kid. So there's different, I think, versions where you can just drink the person's blood a little bit and bring them close to death, and then you can make them drink your blood, or you can just drink some of their blood, um, or they have to, like, die, and then you have them kind of um, – you know, you put some of their vampire blood into their mouth, and that brings them back. Um, so, I guess it depends on the lore. But I feel like this could be like a form of vampirism. So maybe that's their tie into Jerusalem's Lot. Is you know, it's not full on vampires, but it's kind of that whole you know, I'm going to kill you, and then you're going to rise from the dead, which is kind of and like to, what vampires and like do. Like the goo
2: could be part of the the French people or something like that. Usually, <laughs> Isn't that that's kind gross? of the passing of fluids that. It's turns gross. one into a vampire. Yeah, it's, it's it's nasty.
1: Goopity goo of a decomposed body, and you're lying in that. Ugh, just gross. I know. Like Nadia said it for everyone when she's helping Heather when she's in the hospital, and her hands are on her body. She's yeah. like taking her, or she's listening to her heart, and she's like, "What is this stuff?" That's <laughs> yeah, exactly it. it's disgusting. Um, great feedback, guys. Thanks so much for chiming into this week's episode. We appreciate. All of our listeners, everyone that's contributed, this is Thanksgiving week, so um, I'll just take a moment and um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to us and hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Um, This episode will get released um, the day after Thanksgiving, so when you've had enough of the family... Put a, put me and Sean in your ears and let yeah. us let us cheer you up for the holidays when you need a break from the family because we all while need that, right?
2: <laughs> while you're sitting there for that Black Friday shopping, you're sitting in your car listening to us. Uh, yeah, yeah and I just want to say I'm very thankful for everybody that listens, everybody that contributes to the show. Like we really appreciate, it, like we say every year. So uh, thank you all very very much for everything. Uh, it means a lot to us.
1: Yeah, that's truly what I am grateful for. I know I say it a lot, but I say it because I truly mean it. Um, I'm grateful for every one of you. Um, that listen to us and that give us great feedback or just write in to say hello or, you know, drop us a line, even if it's nothing to do with the podcast or show that we're covering in that moment. I love each and every one of you and love chatting with you guys. We have great conversations offline. um, So please keep doing that. I'm grateful for all of you, grateful that you listen to us and make us a part of your lives. And I hope everyone has a great holiday with their families, Um, eat lots of great food, um, great fun, good wine, and have a happy Thanksgiving.
2: All right, so for next week, we'll be covering the seventh episode of Castle Rock Season 2, titled The Word. Uh, the description for this episode is, Castle Rock and Jerusalem's lot get ready for a parade celebrating the history of their beloved cities. A history that dates back 400 years ago when a young woman drastically changes the lives of those around her. Oh my. Uh-oh, sounds a little bit like Annie. Uh,
1: we'll have to wait and see. I'm getting ready to go watch, so we'll find out. <clears throat> well, we are really excited for you to travel to Salem's Lot with us. And while visiting, you can follow us on Twitter at Strangetecast.
2: You, you can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash strangertcast And check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod.
1: You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app.
2: You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. If you're into Disney Plus and watching the Mandarin, House Podcastica is doing a great job reviewing that show, so go check that out. And while you're there checking that out, Leave a review for Strange Indeed and all the other Podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcast.
1: Yeah, go out and leave a review for us, guys. I think it's been a little while, so it'd be great it's to been see. A yeah, it'd be, be great to see some um, good things coming out of the reviews um, for us and House Podcastica or Walking Dead Cast, all of our awesome Podcastica shows. Gosh, Jason, Chris, and Rich are doing such a great job um, on that show right now. <clears throat>
2: agreed i've really enjoyed it
1: yeah it's great i think episode three is out right now so it's been pretty amazing um and well and speaking of great podcasts you have to check out sean and his other podcast the language of bromance that comes out every sunday what do we got this week sean
2: Oh, Like I said last week, so if you're listening to this Friday and you're kind of in the holiday spirit, this previous week we released our holiday movie draft, so you can check out what we draft there. Uh, And then also this coming Sunday we talk about the 1904 Olympics in St. Louis where the marathon that was run wasn't quite what you would expected. It was very much a Benny Hill-type sketch of epic proportions, so check that out.
1: Sweet. Can't wait.
2: All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 110, The Mother.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Sean.
1: And Josh Maul is strange indeed.